Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for March 24th, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Reasons Why Not to Fear, and this is part 12. So yesterday I talked about angelic protection and how you have angelic protection, and this is part two of that, right? So I'm just flowing in the same vein. I talked to you about angels and how Jesus had the ability when he was being arrested he said, listen, you guys are arresting me, but just to be clear about this, I could call on my father. And, and basically what he said about legions, he was, he was saying, I could call on my father and I could have 50,000 angels show up right now. So don't act like you guys are arresting me. I, I'm letting this happen. You don't have any power over me. I have angelic protection. I have divine protection. Then uh, we looked at Elisha and how uh, Elisha, the man of God, uh, would get this insight from, from the father. Uh, divine insight and revelation that he would ex share with the king of Israel so that they would always be protected uh, from harm. And so when the king of Aram would, was trying to attack the Israelites, they always had like this revelation. And so they tried to attack Elisha. Elisha says to his servant, I love this line, uh, Lord, open up his eyes so that he could see. Listen, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And I talked to you about the fact that we have more angels than enemies, right? And so that was a great story in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6. And then we looked at the psalmist David and how David said that the angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear him and how we have angelic protection. I talked a little bit about my personal experiences with this, and I like to teach by both precept and example reading something in the Bible is great, but getting an example, right? Getting a principle or a precept is great, but getting an example, either in the Bible or in present day, you know, it just kind of helps people identify with the word on another level. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about some personal examples. What does this mean to you today? I'm only going to share two things with you today, but I'm going to share some stories that I pray you are able to identify with, connect with, and build up your faith because of it. You got it? Two things. Number one, here we go. So first things first, just to be very clear, angels are real, like angels are real. Now, first of all, you should be convinced that they're real because you could read it in the Bible, but I'm just going to share some personal experience. So my, my paternal grandmother, my father's mother, she was a praying woman. I don't remember much about her uh, because she died while I was young, but the little I do remember, and then the stories that my mother has given me about her have left a lasting impact on me. So as an example uh, of this, right, I get my desire for missions work from her. Actually, my mother learned a lot about missions from my grandmother as well, my paternal grandmother. Um, although my grandmother didn't have a lot, you know, we were not from means or anything like that. Um, she went out of her way every year on a certain day to feed all the prisoners in the, the local jail of my hometown in La Vega, the Dominican Republic. And uh, what's amazing is that fast forward all these years, we do that now. Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries in September, we feed all the prisoners. And normally there's about 900 or 1,000 prisoners. And we feed 1,000 prisoners in September of every year. And, and this is actually something that I'm carrying on as a legacy for my grandmother. And I didn't even realize it till later. Like we were doing it. And then it's like the Holy Spirit said, do you realize that like, this is a legacy of righteousness. This is something that you're doing because this is a seed that your grandmother was able to sow many, many, many years ago. And so I'm thankful for that. And so growing up in Brooklyn, although the, the majority of my, my childhood was in Brooklyn, we did visit the Dominican Republic every year. 
And um, we almost always stayed with my maternal grandmother, my mother's mother. Uh, but we did on a few occasions stay with my, my father's mother, although my mother and father divorced when I was three. And so here we are at this particular time. I remember staying with my, my mother and I were with my, my father's mother in her house, a small house in La Vega in the Dominican Republic. And, um, and I'm not sure, honestly, I know my, my grandmother, my mother's side didn't have plumbing, didn't have running water or electricity. I know my grandmother on my father's side had electricity, but I'm not sure if she had plumbing. What I do know is that whenever I got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, I had to pee in a, in a pan, right? And so I do remember that. So in this particular night, I'm a little kid. I don't know how old I was, but I got up to use the bathroom and I had to walk like we didn't put the pan in, my, in the room where we were. I had to walk like um, past the living room, almost like by the kitchen. And uh, there was a little like alleyway kind of thing. And that's where we put the pan so you could use the bathroom. And so as I'm walking to the pan to use the bathroom and it's pitch dark outside um, and it's very dark in there, I get to the living room and all of a sudden, boom. I mean, there's like, it seems like 20 lights are on in this room. And my grandmother is sitting on a rocking chair and she's talking to an angel. I mean, like an angel, like I saw this with my own eyes. So I'm looking at this angel and the, there's like so much light emanating from the angel to where the whole room was lit up. So my grandmother's just sitting there talking to the angel. And I, I honestly, I can't remember what I did. I don't even think I used the bathroom. I saw that and then I just went back to sleep and I never said anything to my grandmother about it. I never said anything to my mother about it until many years later, but I did see that with my own eyes. So once I was born again, I was able to ask God, hey, God, what was that? And, and the Lord confirmed, yes, that was an angel. And your grandmother was talking to an angel. I was like, whoa, hey, that was good. That helped build me up, right? You know, from, from a confidence perspective around angels. So now let me fast forward to another incident. So now I'm in the Dominican Republic again. And this time I'm like 16 years old. And uh, I went to the 11th grade in the DR. So uh, while I was 16, I'm living in the Dominican Republic in, in high school, hanging out with my friends, and we decided to go to the river. Now, this particular river that we went to is like at the bottom of a mountain, but you still have to go up a portion of the mountain. So we are on bicycles, right? And so we're, you have to kind of ride up a portion of the mountain. And when you get in, uh, uh, to the bottom of the mountain, you know, a good ways up, I guess, you make a left and then you go down and you go down like a steep decline. Like it's very, very steep. And when vehicles go down, you, you have to go down this decline really slow and then turn like a hard right and then boom, you park and then you go in the river. So as I'm going down the steep decline, all of us, um, you know, obviously we have brakes applied. The brakes on my bike snapped. The brakes broke. And so now, uh-oh, so now I'm like coming straight down as fast as I possibly can go on a bike, right? And so I'm going like this, decline as fast as I can go. And my friends are yelling out behind me. They're like, they call me Lenin. Lenin, ay santísimo, mira muchacho. They're like yelling out right from behind me. And I can hear them yelling, but there's nothing I can do about it. I am going as fast as I possibly can. And here's the kicker. At the, when you get to the bottom and you have to make that hard right, like this right here where, where this hand is, as you're coming down, there's a huge stone. I'm talking about like 20 foot high. Like there's a huge, like two stories high, big rock. I mean, like a stone so big that people painted stuff on it. 
almost like a billboard. I mean, like they painted like advertisement on this thing. That's how big it is, right? So here I am coming down as fast as I possibly can, and I'm heading towards the stone. And as I'm heading towards the stone, it's obvious that I'm not going to be able to make the right turn. And so I'm like, oh man, what am I going to do? And as I'm freaking out and I can hear like my friends yelling in the background, hey, Santissimo, get on, head the muchacho. And I'm coming down like this and I can hear them and I don't know what to do. All of a sudden, like out of the blue, I just don't know how to explain it. All of a sudden, as I'm coming down, my bike just goes, whoop. It just like stops and lays down on the ground. That's it. Boom. And I get up. I had on shorts, a t-shirt, and flip-flops. I have no cuts, no bruises, no scars, no scrapes, no nothing. And, and so now, and all my friends saw it. And so I get up and I'm like shaking. I'm nervous. And they come to me. And this is one of the reasons why this and many other reasons why a lot of this stuff happened to me growing up where they call me El Santo or the saint, right? Because so now I got, you know, this happened. And years later, I asked the Lord about that too. The Lord was showing me all this stuff. I said, well, what about that? He said, that was an angel. And he kind of showed me how an angel protected me. And, and why? Because my, my mother prayed for me. My grandmother prayed for me. Now, let me give you one more story and then I'm done with stories. So um, now I'm 17 years old while I'm in the Dominican Republic and I was in 11th grade. I, I was told, I didn't realize this, but if I graduated, and I was in a really good school in the Dominican Republic too, and uh, I got out of the ghetto finally, I'm in DR, I'm having fun with my friends, my, my mother's living there, my sister's there, we're all happy. And then I realized I was told that if I graduate from high school in the Dominican Republic, it was not going to count in New York. And when I got back to the United States, I was going to have to take the GED. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So I went back to the hood. I went back to East New York, Brooklyn, and I, I lived my senior year of high school with my cousin in my cousin's house, and I went to high school. And so I was 17 years old. Now I'm, I'm back in high school. And I'm back in Brooklyn. I'm in high school, and I went to Thomas Jefferson High School. Thomas Jefferson High School in, in uh, uh, this was the 1989 uh, year, 1989, 1990. That year, uh, the school was almost closed down. The year before, the, the, the school was five stories high. They threw a teacher, someone, some students threw a teacher off the roof. I mean, that's, this school was so bad that uh, Thomas Jefferson High School, Jeff, they called it J-E-F-F, Just Education for Fools. That's what they, that's the high school I graduated from. And so it was so bad um, that, you know, they almost shut it down. But I went there because I refused, although I was smart and I could go to any high school I wanted to. I, I refused. I, it was almost like I had um, PTSD or something. Uh, I was dealing with a traumatic event because when I was 11 years old on a New York City public bus, uh, when I was, they decided to put me in a school for the gifted and talented, I was 11 years old and I got a 357 Magnum placed in my head for my sneakers. My, my mother paid $23 for some blue and white suede Adidas and I got robbed. And that's the only time I got robbed. And so I decided, nope, you know what? I'm going to go to my schools no matter how bad they are. So there I was in my school, the school that was, I was zoned to. And although it was bad, at least I knew everybody. And, and when you know people in your school, you also know when somebody's in your school that's not supposed to be there. So I was walking to this class. I had on a, a leather bomber jacket. And I saw a guy and a group of guys that were not supposed to be there. They were not from my school. And one of them looked at me and was like, yo. 
And I could hear him say something about my jacket. And I was like, oh my God, that was it. Like, it, you're from Brooklyn, you know, like when you're going to get robbed. So I walked into the classroom and I'm like, that's it. It's over now. So uh, I'm, I'm in the classroom and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I had a knife in my, in my jacket. I'm like, what am I going to do with this knife? There's a lot of them. So I'm like thinking, I'm like freaking out. Okay, fine, whatever. I walk out of the class when the, when the bell rang and I walked out of the class. Sure enough, they were there. And there was about 20 of them. And I'm like, oh, man. So I'm walking, and my next class was one level below. I was supposed to go down. When I got to the stairwell, I turned left to go into the stairwell. There's stairs going down. There's stairs going up. I was supposed to go down, but I had seen many times where as people walk down the stairs, somebody would walk up behind them and kick them in the head and then jump them. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not doing that. So I decided to go up. And as I'm walking up the stairs this time, I'm walking up. And I have the knife in my hand. I grab my knife and I have, I don't know what I'm going to do with this knife. I mean, how stupid is this? I'm 17 years old. I'm li- my mother's not there. I'm living with my cousin. I mean, look how stupid. My life could have just gone a completely different way. But the grace of God. So anyway, I'm walking up the stairs. I have this knife in my hand. There's 20 people behind me. They're ready to, they're ready to jump me. And I feel like a, like a tug. And what happened was one of them grabbed my backpack. And they yanked me back. What they wanted to do was have me to fall backwards. And then they were going to jump me and take my stuff. So as they grabbed the backpack, miraculously, both straps on my backpack, and this was a good backpack, but both straps on my backpack snapped like right here at this spot at the same time. Now, you know, that was God. So, but I didn't think it was God at the time though. So they just, boom, the, the, it just snapped. So whoever grabbed my backpack fell backwards and he fell on several others. And I turned around as they fell. Now, this is what this is where the testimony comes in. So as I turn around, and I have my little knife in my hand like this, I turn around, the fear on their faces. Like, I mean, there's 20 of them. There's one of me, and I wasn't that big. So the fear on their faces, I mean, like, they get up, like, they scurry. It was almost like a movie. <gasps> like, they are, like, super afraid, and they all take off running. And I did think that was kind of strange that they were that afraid. And so, but anyway, I was pissed off at the time. I grabbed my backpack and I walked out of the school with the knife still in my hand. And as I I decided to leave, I wasn't going to any more classes that day. And as I go out the front door, an NYPD police officer, this was not no school security guard. I'm talking about, I had real cops in my school. An NYPD police officer opened up the front door. I had the knife in my hand and he didn't even see the knife. That was the grace of God. So anyway, I left there. Years later, the Lord showed me that he, he played this for me almost like a movie where he showed me like this whole thing happened again. I'm seeing it like like painted on the canvas of my mind's eye and I'm seeing it. And I remember everything. But this time when I turned around, I was able to see the angel. He showed me that there was an angel behind me and God allowed the, the 20 guys to see the angel. So they took off because of the angel, not because of me, not because of the knife. So anyway, I believe in angels. I know angels are real. So number two, (laughs) so what does this mean to you today? So number two, I only have two things. So first one was angels are real, like for real. I know they're real. And then number two is when you have confidence in angelic protection and this confidence becomes a witness for others, it becomes contagious. So when you have experienced angelic protection like I have, and you believe in the power of angels, you develop a confidence in God and in his protection that is just not moved, is not shaken. So 
I can give you lots of stories, but some of the stories that I just gave you, I'll give you an example of how this manifested. So fast forward now, I'm in Iraq and I went to Iraq multiple times and, and on several occasions while I was in Iraq, I had to fly around Iraq. Like on, on one of the uh, early trips, I think this was like 2005, I actually had to visit a bunch of sites because I was in charge of a communications program. And so as we're there, like flying all over Iraq and in 2005, they were shooting down helicopters a lot. And so here I am flying all over Iraq, and when I would get on a helicopter, I would fall asleep, and like sleep good, like sound sleep. And people would be like, Rick, you're not scared? You're not afraid? I was like, nah, nah, I'm good, man. And I know angels are protecting me. Angels shield and protect me from all harm. Psalms 91 is not just something I read. Psalms 91 is for real to me. And so, but my confidence in God and his angelic protection, and this is what would get people. I would say, hey, man, look, I'm just letting you know that... Um, Purpose is on board. Destiny is on board. When I get on an aircraft, purpose is on board. Destiny is on board. My aircraft is not going down. I don't know. I, look, I'm just saying, the one, whatever one I'm on is not going down. So now my confidence would rub off on people to the point where when it was going to, when it was time to get on helicopters, like, you know, helicopters don't have a lot of seats. So we would be in groups and, and like the helicopters coming down, you have on, um, earplugs, you can barely hear, and it's loud, you know, helicopters, let's say two or three helicopters come down, and then they, the, the people, they start to point at you like, hey, you, get on this one. They point at somebody else, get on that one. And it's funny that I would see people that I know as I'm going to this helicopter, and let's say one of the crew would say, you, get on the other one. They'd be like, they, they was like, no, I'm getting on the helicopter he's on. People were fighting to get on the helicopter that I was on. Why? Because they believed in my God. Now, they believed in whatever I believe, and they believed in the angelic protection and the confidence that I was exuding, and actually some of them wound up making my God their God. Why? Because I believed in angelic protection. So let me just say this as I close. I know this is a different today's word than normal, but I will say this. Listen, I am convinced that angels are real. I am confident in their power to shield and protect us from all harm. And my confidence in angels is actually my confidence in God. So you should have confidence in God as well. And let me tell you that angels are real. So in this season, this is not a time for you to cower in fear. This is not a time for you to shrink back. This is not a time for you, for you uh, to allow your children to see you afraid. This is a time for you to rise up as a believer and say, I believe God. As for me and my household, we are shielded and protected from all harm. Psalms 91 is just not a nice psalm that I can quote and I can read. I believe God. I believe in angelic protection. No evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. I give and God gives angels charge over me. They keep me in all my ways. In my pathway, there is life and there is no death and no destruction. A thousand can fall on my side, even 10,000 at my right hand, but it's not going to come upon me, nor my household. Only with my eyes shall I see what's going on around me, but it shall not touch us. I'm saying you have to believe God in this season. This is not something for you to play around with. This You got to build up your confidence, build up your trust. Your children are looking at you. They want to see somebody that has no fear. You cannot allow any fear to get a hold of your heart in this season. Do not what you fear can come upon you. Close the door to fear. Build up your faith right now. And then let's speak something over our lives. Let's declare the word of the Lord over our lives. Repeat after me. Say, Father, I am a believer and not a doubter. I walk by faith 
and not by fear. I know you have angels. I know you have assigned angels to me to protect me and my household. So I release my confidence, Father, in you and in angelic protection. I activate my faith. Angels, listen to me. I command you to establish a hedge of protection round about me and my children and my children's children. Fear has no power over me. Coronavirus cannot touch my house. If it does, I declare that it dies instantly. I believe and receive angelic protection and I enter into your rest. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address, and you'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, head into this day believing in God, believing in angelic protection. Close the door to fear. Feed your faith. Starve your doubts. Meditate and medicate on God's word day and night. Fear has no power over you. I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor though. Please share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends, and I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.